Hey guys, this is Adam from the podcast and you are listening to Quick Clips. Quick Clips are condensed versions from one of our previous podcast episodes, featuring some of the interesting things our guests had to say. If you want to hear the full episode, we'll have it in the show notes below. And with that, let's start the show. You working on this kind of like production type yeah. setting, it seems like early in your career you were in situations where efficiency and standard operating procedures and everything like that were vital to making it work where you know the sure you could work for shops that you know had a higher ticket per car but Mm -hmm. you you know you were just doing volume what are just real quick what are some of the things that you found out early on were some of the biggest time savers uh when it came to production shop you know stuff like that yeah i mean we're talking the production era yep yeah um time management you know you're dealing with a small dollar amount you need to make the best of it you need to be correct the first time and uh you need processes and you need flow and uh those were the the pieces that uh had the best success for sure so fast forward a couple more years, you have a guy that yeah. is interested in buying you out, merging and everything like that. Mm-hmm. What yeah. was, what was having a partner like all of a sudden, like wh- how, how did you navigate differences of opinions and stuff like that? Well, you know, I think one of the, the, the first things that someone would think you have to overcome is not having your name in spotlight. And, uh, I was humbled enough to know that it wasn't all about my name as about what the, the the power of two people could do together to to uh grow a business and and uh without losing my values and so forth. So Eric Bickett was uh was a real good partner and he brought a lot to the table. I mean a lot. We both brought good things to the table. Um I had a lot of the production side that I brought to it the the uh the vision for the operations and so forth. And Eric wanted to focus very much on having a successful launch to uh, fix auto. And uh, it was new to the country. And uh, that was fresh down from Canada. And uh, he wanted to put the shops together and uh, he wanted to create that network. And so I was real happy to be able to support that and uh, become a fish fix shop and change my name from East Hills to, to fix auto. And then, uh, um, Eric brought a lot of uh, accounting experience, financial experience, um, quite a bit of thinking outside the box uh, to the table. And uh, he was very inviting to whatever I had. He was very supportive. And uh, when I am in a partnership, it's absolutely a marriage. There's no question about it. There's no turning back. We were very uh, much 50-50 partners. We didn't leave the room uh, without a solution when we had a challenge. Uh, challenges were very few and uh it worked out great so i would say that uh that was quite an asset uh uh period in my life and uh, it's taught me a lot to where i'm at today so um very comfortable with the partnership so uh, fast forwarding to this first piece of technology that you come around with uh would you say it was it was update plus was that was that what it was? Um, it was it was a company called UpdatePromise.com. Update Promise. Yeah, and uh, it was a um, it was a uh, text messaging system that uh, updated the consumer from the time they brought their car in to the time they they left with calm and passive and simple messages that weren't auto body related, but uh, more on the psyche that uh, 
they're being kept in the loop and that everything's fine and just uh, we got your back. So that worked out well. How that became to be invented was that I would hear estimators uh, on a daily basis updating consumers because there was a big push back in the early, you know, 90s and 2000s to make sure, you know, the customers are being updated properly and so forth. So I saw, Adam, that most people, when they updated a consumer, they would say that, hey, everything's fine and we're on track for Friday, but our technician uh, broke the belt molding and we're running over to BMW to pick it up. And and uh, as soon as we get that back uh, and put on the car, we'll wash it and we'll call you. So I always kind of imagine that a husband and wife were walking down the aisles of a grocery store and, and the wife took that call. And when she hung up, the husband asked, what was that about? And she'd say, I believe, well, that was the body shop. And they said something about a broken molding. And I thought, well, that was unnecessary because they missed the intent. The intent was, is that your car is fine and it's coming home on Friday. So I felt that communication could be standardized and that we could say the things that were important to the consumer and be honest about them. If we say the car is coming home on Friday, it's coming home on Friday, and why don't we just shut up and leave it at that and leave those nuts and bolts of the operation to the operation and have the customer in a more calm environment and uh, looking forward to picking their car up on Friday. So that worked out and still used today, and I use it today. So let's fast forward really quick to um, QCIQ. Yeah. Uh, how did that come around? What was the thought process for that? Because obviously, I mean, I can definitely see where um, Update Plus or, you know, whatever it's, uh, sorry, whatever it's known as now. Um, I keep sure. hearing the name of it. But. Um, CCC Update Plus. Uh, so yeah, CCC Update Plus. I'm, I keep mm -hmm. getting the previous name and the <laughs> the now name uh, mixed up. Yeah, sure. Uh, I can definitely see the path for that, you know, the clear thinking on that. But what was what was the thinking behind QCIQ and um, what led you to do that and how long did it take you to implement? You know, back in probably um, 2018, I had a repair in a shop that I sold. And I had that shop for 27 years. That was the one that we merged together with, uh, with a partner there. And that was in Yorba Linda, California. I did a rear body panel repair on a uh, on a vehicle and we were doing about 400,000 a month at the time and it was a, a Lexus rear body panel repair for about $2,300 and uh, State Farm was insurance company we had a great relationship with State Farm we were a good DRP for them and uh, we had been a DRP with them since probably 1991 and uh, what happened was was that uh, they had uh, real good guidelines for the program they uh, were a very fair company and uh, however, if a, if a client did not like the repair or had an issue with the repair, they had the choice to go wherever they wanted. They did not have to come back to you. That particular rear body panel uh, for $2,300 was just a repair. And, um, and I undermined it. I, I missed uh, a little bit of an imperfection on the inside of the rear body panel. I could have fixed it in five minutes before it got painted. We missed it. We didn't do it. And uh, the car got through the, through the cracks in the company. And and uh, the consumer um, questioned it when he looked at it and took it to a friend in another city who was not a DRP, was not a State Farm shop. And uh, they somehow came up with a bill for $6,300 to make it correct. I got to go down there to look at the car, and it was obviously repairable and minor, but 
they wanted to change the rear body panel because that's what the customer wanted and for whatever reasons and next thing you know you're blending quarter panels you're pulling sunroof you're doing all these things and changing the moldings and and what have you so state farm sent me a bill and they said uh, you need to pay the bill and i said okay i mean i was getting a hundred thousand dollars a month from that account and uh, i felt embarrassed about it i didn't want it to happen again so I got to the drawing board and started mapping out on some napkins. Uh, how can I catch things like this in the future? What kind of a check and balance, you know, do I need to create that can help myself and help the industry? So since there's a lack of standardization in a QC process in a body shop, I felt that this was the next update promise and that, that there was a need uh, to, to standardize a quality process. And so basically the app in general has uh, three modules to it, a customer care module, which is what we recommend you start out with. It's after the car is fixed. It's for the appearance items on the vehicle, from clean carpets to fingerprints on a window to smeared glass to tires dressed and so forth, and the paint looks clean and the car is washed and, and so forth, and that gives a shop an opportunity to verify that uh, that product has, has a great first impression set up on it for when the consumer looks at it, Nothing to do with the nuts and bolts of the car, but it's an elementary level to start a QC process. And it's also dresses the items that the consumer grades you on. You know, they're not educated on the nuts and bolts of the car. That's for the body shop to do. Um, the next module is, is uh, highly recommended as a post-audit repair, you know, QC. When the vehicle's done, the estimate lines populate into the app, gives you, gives you or a user the ability to say, I like that line or I don't like that line. It gives a shop the final ability to verify, Adam, the existence and the quality of the products and services they sold to somebody. So if you have 100 estimate lines or 20 estimate lines in your repair order, they bridge automatically into the app. Supplements are updated in real time. It gives an end user a chance to look at each line, see what they charge, look at the car and say, I like it or I don't like it. Should they not like it, Adam, it's a great learning experience. The system prompts them to take a photo of the area that they don't like, put their finger on the epicenter of the area they don't like, and then the system automatically text messages the technician privately and personally to his own phone saying this is an area that you know could use some, rep uh, some attention. This is the reason that we can't pass it. And then once that technician resolves that issue, the item is passed, the technician gets a sign off with a photo of it resolved, what he did to resolve it, and then that tracked the downtime of, uh, of a rework, and uh, it works out pretty good. So shops are jumping on board. There's a movement today to get this uh, across the industry here. Uh, the third module is an in-process app. That's for the, the, uh, the shops that uh, want to look at every nut and bolt. And, uh, Gives them an opportunity to check off the R of R and I, you know, the remove. It's done. I did it. And then when it's reinstalled, they check that off. That is probably uh, months to years away of, of people actually diving into a module like that. That is the correct way to check a car. But with today's time constraints, the KPIs that we face, all the pressure, um, it's important that we just look at the car before it leaves. We must look at it. In interviewing shop owners across the country, to my surprise, uh, not shocked, but to my surprise, a majority, and when I say majority, eight out of 10 shop owners and shop managers 
admit they do not have the time to look at the car to verify the existence of the products and services that they sold for quality and that they actually do exist. And uh, they have regret in that. They're not totally comfortable with that. But it's going on, it's going on. And for their sake and for the sake of the insurer and the consumer, most you know, importantly, vehicles need to be looked at. It just takes a few minutes. Some people will say, hey, that took me 22 minutes to QC that car. The longer it takes you to QC a car, the more money you got paid. That's it. So 22-minute investment into something that was $15,000, great. Three to seven minutes for your average repair, well worth it. You know, you've shopped at Costco, Adam. You know, when you go to Costco, maybe you have, maybe you haven't. But in the Costco process, you'll buy something. You'll walk through the, or go to exit the door. They'll stop you. They'll look at the receipt. They'll make sure it was paid for. They'll make sure you got what you paid for. They'll look at the quality of the product that you're taking out of there so the box isn't damaged or, or what have you. And they control that. So what's going out of that store is paid for. It existed. And it was in good shape. And Costco's doing that for a bag of nuts. Why aren't we doing that for a $5,000 collision repair? Why aren't we taking that extra few minutes to take a look at that car? And if you look at the connotation on reviews, most often, you know, um, the biggest correlation to a, to a body shop uh, um, referring another customer to that body shop is uh, quality. It has the highest correlation to would you recommend a body shop. When quality is missed, it tanks. So that was the uh, intent behind that. Hey guys, Adam from the podcast. I hope you are enjoying today's episode. Just wanted to ask you a quick favor. If the show has brought you value in some way, would you mind giving us a review and sharing the show? It really helps the show get out there. Also, if you are looking to expand the services that your shop offers and you want to do more than collision work, you should really check out our company, Clarity Coat. Clarity Coat is a peelable paint that allows body shops to offer color changes cheaper than a repaint while still looking like real paint. You can also offer clear protection that has no edges and is sprayed instead of laid. Unlike vinyl and PPF, Clarity Coat can be sanded and polished so you can give your customer the exact look that they are wanting. If you are looking to expand your shop services, go to claritycoat.com and fill out our Become an Installer form. All right, let's get back to the show. Just out of curiosity, do you happen to have any data or statistical um, data that backs why or the improvements that a shop has made in having in implementing some sort of quality control? And I mean, specifically your your guys's um, software or not specifically your guys's software? Do you sure. have anything data points on that? Yeah, you know, like I mentioned earlier, in in is that the, the number one correlation to a high CSI is would a consumer recommend that body shop? The number one correlation to recommend a body shop is quality. So absolutely shops that have improved quality through the application or not through the application who have high quality repairs, have a much higher CSI, a much more solid and friendly connotation on social media as far as to surveys, you know, reviews and so forth. So there's an absolute correlation to quality and high customer uh, uh, surveys, uh, survey responses. All right, that does it for today's quick clips. If this episode has brought you value, would you mind giving us a review? Also, if you would like to learn more about Clarity Coat and what it can do for your business, please visit us at claritycoat.com.
See you on the next one.